This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, we kick off the summer of new Canadian music with Harmonies. Harm and Ease, Harmonies. Lead guitarist and founding member Danny Lopez shares the band's amazing international and small town story and things he learned over the pandemic that makes him a better musician. Is it possible to save money on groceries? Sylvain Charlebois, Canadian researcher and professor in food distribution and food policy at Dalhousie University, helps us understand why food prices are still so high, how things might get better, and a little creative shopping could save us 30 to 40% of our groceries. Plus, are you okay with Subway, reality TV, and more on the Shift Daily Podcast? Thank you very much for listening to the Shift Summer of New Music. Late on a Monday, early on a Tuesday morning here, it's the Shift. Our guests to talk about the new tunes, Harmonies. Harmonies. Harm and Ease, if you're searching it. Uh, you got to do that. It's a fun little play on words. And uh, Danny Lopez, one of the founding members, guitar player, all-around cool dude. Uh, coming to hang out with us. Uh, thanks for doing this. And, you know, I imagine as a, as a rocker, you're probably very responsible normally in bed by 930. So thanks for staying <laughs> up late for us. Well, thanks for having me, Shane. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm always up late. So this was from out of us four. Everyone was like, yeah, Danny, you take this one. You take this one. That's great. Well, I'm glad it's, uh, it's, it's nice for you to be here. You guys have seen so much success. So from Burlington, that's the, like the, the core of, of growing up that's where ryan you know is from and and uh and and you know kind of bunch of high school you know hooligans coming together and playing rock and roll sitting out in the smoke pit getting in trouble so and here you are making music and and getting millions of followers on tiktok things have changed for you brother oh yeah it's been crazy it's been crazy well hence the name of the album the album's called camino loco and uh, that translates to crazy path in Spanish because, uh, so like you said, the band did start back in, in high school in Burlington. But um, when I was like 16 years of age, I had to move to Argentina. And uh, Rylan and I had already started the band and we wanted to, we like promised each other when I, when I, I was told I was leaving, we said like, let's, let's do whatever we can and make this band continue. So we, we, once he finished high school in Burlington, he ended up moving to Argentina and, uh, we lived out there for like five, six years and that's amazing. That was a whole other like world and a whole other chapter in our life, but coming back. And then, like you said, the whole, the full circle of like starting in Burlington and playing these small shows and just seeing everything that's happened in, in the last few years has, has been crazy. I've heard this story, the storyline before, um, that it's it's remarkable, Danny, and I've heard it from other bands and singers that when you meet that musician, that's like your like your soul, like your guitar lobster <laughs> or whatever, your drum penguin. Um, you do you meet that person and you stick together, like you really, really do. And I've heard that from a couple of bands. That must be part of the magic. I mean, who really think about it? You move at sixteen to Argentina from Ontario, and then your bud just is like. I'm coming who, with you. Who who decides like I'm gonna go move? Like normally, a kid moves out of a high school, and everyone's like, "See you, dude. Yeah, good luck." Like, why would one dude go like, "No, nah, for some reason, I'm gonna I'm not gonna go to university. I'm gonna move to Argentina because Danny's there right That's now." Wild. And that was nuts. that was nuts. I know, I know. Um, that 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 was crazy. But the main reason was because like I couldn't come back to Canada for 
like I was, I had to figure some stuff out before coming back. So the only way we could be together was if he went to uh, Argentina. Yeah. So it was like our only like way of continuing the band. So he, he just did it. Nice. So yeah, that is wild. But like you said, when you find that person that you feel like, you know what, I feel like this is the person I want to make music with or something. It's basically like finding like a partner in life because you're like, you know, you, you just got to put in you both have to sacrifice a lot. Like it's like, you almost have like a kid, you know, yeah. the kids. The, you yeah. Know, the, you both, the music is the baby, right? Yeah. You have to just take care of it now and you got to figure out how you're going to do it. You know, but that's cool. I, that, it, you know, it makes total sense. I don't think I would have ever thought of it that way, but really when you think about it, it does make absolute sense to do that. And, and how special the music becomes because you guys are very clearly an overnight success with 12 years of hard work behind you. <laughs> That's the way always people talk about it, right? Like they come out of nowhere. Nope. Actually, they've been doing it for more than a decade. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you slowly see how things progress, like the progression, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's usually like chipping at it and you just keep hitting new milestones and stuff. But then suddenly things like the whole TikTok thing that came out of nowhere and, and you're like, okay, but, but when it's, when it's happening, you can't, you're kind of ready for it. Cause you've been putting in the work for so long, you know, that it's like, you're prepared. Yeah. Now's the time. It's the practice, right? It's a lot like yoga. Everyone always says yoga. Why is yoga called practice? Well, because you're literally practicing a way of being all the time. And all of a sudden you get yourself caught in a moment and then you realize that you've just able to be that person same thing with music right actually it's a, probably a great example of that tiktok video so i've got the audio here i'm going to play it i don't know how well it's going to work in our connection but the um you guys were kind of sitting in a like it was like a field you're in the middle of nowhere kind of does this acoustic jam acoustic jam and and then um you know just kind of banging out the song and sure as can be it catches on that's what i mean like that video was so random because we were just at this park there wasn't that many people that song wasn't even fully finished or it wasn't even we, we didn't think it'd be a single or anything it was just we had just started writing it and uh, one of our buddies came from like from burlington he came to visit us in toronto and he was filming us in, in one of the videos he just showed me it and it was that song and i was like hmm for some reason i was like that kind of looks TikToky. i don't know why because like the way that the clouds look and, and like i just watched tiktok videos but i hadn't like posted too much on tiktok but i was like this kind of looks like a video you'd see on tiktok that that, that would do well and then we just posted a little snippet and then and there it went. Woke up in the morning and there was millions of views and thousands of comments of people just being like release this now and i was like what is going on yeah like, we got work to do fellas we got work yeah. to do we've well, I'll tell you, we're going to take that video. We will post it up at shiftheads.ca for everyone. You know, the medium fails us, of course, right now, so they can catch up on the video and see what it is. So, but for everyone else in the meantime, this is the audio of what it sounded like uh, from the video. But that's just it. That's the good stuff, man. That's just friends jamming in the park. Totally, totally. That's the best part of it. I, that's the best part. It's even the on the on the. I don't even know what you call the the box drum thingy. Um, but just the fact that it's just like just wackety wackety whack, right? Like it's funny because we like we watched that video and we're like, it's so random. It's out of tune and like it's so raw, right? But something about it worked, you know. And we're like, all right, it is what it is, but. 
so yeah it was like like you said next morning it was like oh god we, we have to finish this song and release it as soon as possible yeah all right well let's you guys you guys have made all kinds of friends in and around rock and roll i mean you've got this new album we'll talk about that in just a second um you did another video that really caught on with uh walk off the earth that was yes. fun um tell me a little bit about how that i mean that was an awful lot of people by the way stuffed into what looked like a very small bus or van it was actually willie nelson's tour bus at one point really that's even a good story how did you end up willie nelson's tour bus what's going on this this guy in hamilton this really cool guy he's he collects all these like rock and roll memorabilia and stuff and he he's got this big farm where he keeps all the stuff and one of the stuff one of the things he has there is this big uh willie nelson tour bus that's like it just kind of looks like it's pretty beat up but yeah we, we were like can we shoot a video in here we're gonna stuff it up with musicians that, uh, that was yeah, so good i got a little clip for it here i want to play it uh britney spears and toxic now i'm gonna skip it ahead a little bit for everybody so we can uh not nothing against the walk off the earth folks because they're awesome but we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it here But I love this part when everybody gets busy. Do you walk away from that and kind of go, dude, we just did Britney Spears cover. Is this the right thing to be doing? (laughs) That was the whole whole thing from the beginning. But once we started working on it, like, it was like, nah, this this song, no matter what anyone says, is a hit. Like, this song is insane. No matter, like, it's not, I don't care who sings it. If anyone sings it, it's a hit. But we just had fun arranging it into, like, this rock song, you know, as much as it has all these pop elements. It was like, let's just add some nasty guitars, some, like, let's riff it up, you know. And I feel like it gave it something special. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was funny. It, it is what it is. It's it. it like, she, it's Britney Spears. Like, she's just, she's a legend herself. You know, mm-hmm. so. Well, it, 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 I don't know. If it's just a pop star trying to do a pop song, it doesn't have the same validity when you take it and you crunch the heck out of it and, you know, you really, really bang it up and throw it around, right? I mean, it becomes this incredibly abrasive, but it does go to show the merit of how great the song is. 100%. That's, that's what I mean. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how some of these pop songs people don't realize how like well written they are you know mm-hmm. very good our guest right now joining us is danny lopez harmonies is the um the band they're out of well technically out of burlington out of toronto these days um you guys have a new album that's come out um tell me a little bit about that and then i want you to tell me what it's like to be around people again because for musicians for a couple of years i mean that is really the ultimate drug right is is being in front of the people and and yeah. dude you've been <laughs> you've been on withdrawal for two years and leading uh, up to this I feel that, I feel that. Um, well let's start with yeah so the album Camino Loco um, so just summing up the story of the band like I said earlier we, we were living in Argentina for about six years of our career and um, we learned a lot over there we grew we grew up there you know like we were um, like 18 to 24 that's those are the years we lived in argentina i'm 26 now and um 
it, it's, it's just like the band basically blossomed there, right? And so much happened in our career there. And then coming back to Canada, we, it was like uh, right before the pandemic, we had so many, so many plans for what was going to happen in our career. And then we get here and, well, everything shuts down. We don't know what's happening. Luckily, we all live together in a house, so we're able to continue making music. And uh, we, we, we just start telling each other, like, let's, let's just create the best music we can create. That's all we can do right now. And we, we basically just like locked up in, a, in our home studio and started creating music. And uh, Camino Loco basically is just like the best of what we did in the last two years and sums up everything that happened. And it's, it's just like an album about like perseverance and kind of like, you know, pushing through and, and not letting anything get in your way in life. And, you know, and when kind of like the whole when, when life gives you lemons, like, you know, you make lemonade and you, you do the best of what you can with what you get. So love that. That's uh, how do you come out of the last couple of years with that, you know, life out of lemons? I mean, it's got to be hard on you, not motivating, um, bit of a struggle. How do you make all that work? I mean, as a dude, you're still just a dude, still just exactly. a dude trying to get through it, man. Just a dude trying to get through it. It was rough, man. It was rough. And like you said, like, especially I'm a very extroverted person and I like to be around people and I like to talk and have, you know, and spend time with people. That's like important to me. So it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was hard for me at first. And luckily I live with the guys, so we're constantly together and we're making music, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's an interesting time. I, I learned a lot, though, which is good, and I, and I practiced my, my craft a lot, and I learned a lot about myself and stuff. So I was just going to ask you that. What's one thing, like, uh, you know, open your heart for me just a little bit in the private world, and, you know, what's one thing that you learned that you had no idea that you'd be put in front of that you just take away from this? I mean, you guys are clearly a pretty soulful group with the, the songs and the lyrics. So what's one thing that you take away and you're kind of like, whoa, I can't believe that, you know, I didn't ever see that before and here I am. Um, so do you mean like in the sense of something that I wasn't expecting would happen because of the pandemic or do you mean in, in what way or like something that I learned throughout the wherever time? it lands, man. I mean, for me, I can tell you that, you know, I, I ended up in a relationship through the pandemic and, and, um, what I found for me was, uh, like a whole new space. Like I, I surrounded myself with different people and I surrounded myself with people that let me be, I think who I am at least, no, let me be a space where I could be present to who I am. And I had no idea of that before. That was totally new to me. And um, it really takes me to a whole new place come out of the pandemic. And so when we talk about the pandemic, I mean, as crappy as it was, I kind of go, you know what? I really needed that. Okay. No, yeah, I, I see where we're going with this. And yeah, no, I, I also met someone and something I really learned, I guess, throughout, that I, I never put too much thought into was like, and it's kind of a random topic, but not really. And it's just uh, self-care and nutrition, right? And uh, I wasn't like feeding myself properly for so many years, you know, and, and I, it was, I felt so like, like it didn't matter. It was like the least of my worries was, I was like, I don't care. I just want to make music right now. I need to focus on this or that. And it was just like, eat whatever the you'll eat, you know, and, or maybe not take care of my body. And then during the, this time, I like, I was, I was able to study a bit more about these things and learn about it and 
just take care of myself more and it's a, it's changed me in so many ways and in, in my day to day and and my energy and how much like how much work I can actually do in the day and um yeah that, that it's, it's it's crazy cuz it's just something I never really thought at the time you're just kind of like ignorant and like foolish to not think like of course what you're putting into your body is going to affect everything about right. what you're Are you a better yeah. guitar player for it now because you I mean you're actually your body's running on higher octane fuel yeah. You know what I mean? I think so, right? Like I'm constantly like I love pushing myself and learning all the time and stuff, but I feel like now I just have more energy and more time to do these things, so I am becoming a better guitarist because of it, you know. I love it. Well, okay, well, I'll lose my uh my shift radio show card because we have lots of guitar players who listen. What's your favorite guitar? What's my favorite guitar? Yeah. Um Here. I'm using a Backlund and I'm in love with it right now. And it's it's got like um, some f holes. It's a semi hollow body, but it it, it just it's kind of like the Gretsch. Like I love kind of I love semi hollow bodies, Gretsch style guitars. But uh, I also love a good Les Paul. Like I have a few Les Pauls, and um, yeah, I, I want to do something different. I want, I'm, I'm th I've been thinking about some weird shapes. I have this guy who I'm gonna get him to do like my custom guitar. So I've been looking at guitars like all week and trying to get ideas oh. from some of the best guitars and stuff so that's great um our guest here from harmonies the band of burlington danny lopez what is it about burlington by the way um yeah i mean burlington's a pretty special place i mean it used to be so far away from you know the only well i saw a really great meme today it said uh, Toronto is an hour away from Toronto, which I thought was pretty great. It reminded me of Burlington because I was looking at the, what we were going to chat about tonight. But you do have Finger Eleven, Idle Sons, right? You've got Sarah Armour, uh, who else? Boys Night Out. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on of these really talented. Does that go back to the high school, like down to the roots, or or is a little bit of luck? How does that land? That's a Can't be a coincidence. I know. I feel like there is a lot of good musicians coming out of Burlington. There was a good scene when I was growing up in Burlington. Like everyone, it was like super cool to be in a band, and like I'd go to shows every weekend. And I started my first bands in, in high school in Burlington, and I looked up to all these older guys who had these bands and stuff, like Finger Eleven for sure, and and Walk Off the Earth, for example, was a band that was taking off at the time when I was in high school, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I just, I just think like um, there was just a good scene happening, you know, and people like going to shows. I don't know what it's like right now exactly, but I know there there was a great like music scene happening constantly in Burlington. You know, and like, like the school I went to was kind of like Burlington Central High School is kind of like an art school. And I had like a recording studio in there and I kind of had full access to all that stuff throughout high school. So I almost felt like I was constantly, even if I wasn't at home, I'd be at school also making music and, and just taking full advantage of all that stuff. Uh, it must be really cool with Walk Off the Earth because, I mean, they have been around for when you were long, long, younger, right? I mean, they the, really, that Goche, somebody that I used to know was, was so huge when they covered that and they were having the playful songs and then they've got their own songs and they've got all kinds of success. And then here they are from the same place as you and now you're doing songs together on YouTube, on Willie Nelson's bus, man. Like, you realize the magnitude of what you've done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's mind-blowing sometimes, especially the whole Walk Off the Earth thing because we used to watch those videos and go like, wow, those guys are from Burlington, you know, like, and that was like something we would say and we'd be like, maybe one day we'll meet them. I used to always think from then, I used to think 
if I met them, they'd like us. I used to think that, like, and I'd be like, is that cocky or not? But I used to just be like, I don't know, because I, I used to see the way that they would play all their instruments and everyone did whatever. And we did, we did the same thing. Like, we all, I can, I love playing all kinds of instruments and I, like, I'll make a beat out of anything. And I'm just always like having fun with music. And like in our kitchen, we'll wake up out of nowhere, like cracking eggs. And out of nowhere, there's a song happening, you know, and it's hilarious. And I see their videos, they were kind of like that. And I'd be like, uh, whenever we meet, we definitely have a good time. And then we met and immediately it was just like, yeah, we're all like family, like Tokyo, the walk off to the producer, he basically like mastered and engine and recorded our, our last out al- this whole album and helped produce it too. And he's a wizard. Like I've never, like this guy cares so much about sound. It, it's, it's, it's magical. I love working with people like that who, who care so much about their craft so much like that like anything something will bother him so much and i see it and i'm like wow like you you care you know i love seeing someone who cares about their craft like that so yeah i learned a lot from these guys like they've definitely been a big mentor all of them like the whole band every single one of them we've learned so much from so i mean i feel very lucky for that all right cool thanks so much for being here danny really appreciate it brother this is the shift podcast Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Mr. CNN, Sylvain Charlebois. <laughs> you did. You were on CNN. We were we were picking through the CNN website, and there's Sylvain. I was like, and Ryan's like, hey, Sylvain's on CNN. So we're like, let's call him and see what's going on. Hey, how are you? I have way more time for Canadians than Americans. Yeah, <laughs> lots of fun, too. Yeah, Absolutely. well, you were, you were sharing the good word, or maybe it's the bad word, the good word about the bad word, about the cost of all the things. Sylvain Charlebois with Dalhousie uh, Food. Basically, he's the food guy. You've heard us talking about it many, many times. Um, the cost of food goes up. Uh, we're, yeah. we're sort of flogging a dead side of beef here. But things are changing, continuing to change. This is the most amazing thing. Remember when we would talk and we'd be like, yeah, by December, it could be this. And now we're like, by Friday, that's how fast things <laughs> exactly. are starting to change, aren't they? But things uh, were transitory, right? At least that's the word we heard from the Bank of Canada for a while. It's funny because in December, as we were releasing Canada's food price report at the time, eight months ago, we were saying to Canadians, you know what? Food inflation will actually reach 7% this year. We were called alarmists in mm-hmm. December. The Bank of Canada at the same time were, uh, was saying, well, inflation is transitory. Things are going to come back down. And we were saying, uh, I don't think so. And here we are, we're almost like in August, and the food inflation rate is at 9.7%. Uh, the overall inflation rate is basically at 8%. We're expecting ugly numbers on Wednesday from StatsCan for June, uh, over 8% for the general food inflation rate. And for the food inflation rate, we're looking at something north of 10% for the first time in 41 years. So. It, it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly out there. But the good news I have for you, Shane, is that we actually think we've peaked here. Hmm. Uh, the food inflation rate is actually is likely to drop in Q3 and Q4. And so by the time we finish to 2022, our seven percent is basically probably where we're going to land. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is how many years ago was this? food inflation rate you said 41 years ago 41 years yeah. you want to take a wild guess who the prime minister was 41 years ago oh oh my goodness uh, <laughs> it, it was it was papa bear is what it was 
It was it? Yeah, was Pierre, it Mr. Pierre Trudeau, Trudeau Senior? Yeah. Oh. Well, listen, I, I yeah, that's probably that's probably right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, everything happens when the Trudeau is in power, right? <laughs> Seems to be the case. Although I like his new haircut. He's getting beat up for uh, for that online. Oh but. my goodness. That that's when you really enjoy social media. That's <laughs> that's how <laughs> <laughs> this is the world we're in, okay? We're trying to find something to be positive about. It's summer. Yeah. Let's have fun a little. It's, it's true. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> things are, uh, you know, you have uh, lots of kids. So you, as a as a dad, you you want to have a cookout, a little barbecue in the backyard. You you feel it. So you yeah. get it with everybody else when you're going, you're buying beef, you're buying all these things. It is, you know, generally more expensive all the time. Does the interest rate affect this too, because the increase in interest rate to me would affect businesses in line of credit. So yeah. uh, it, it it could have some downstream effects as those line of credits start burning up some cash out of businesses too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Shane, uh, a lot of people were complaining about the price of beef and the price of meat, and but uh, there was a lot of the the one thing that we didn't really say all that much is that there there was a lot of cash in the system. A lot of people had cash, so willingly paying 28 bucks for a t-bone wasn't a problem for a whole lot of people right now with with interest rates being higher it's going to become a problem for a greater number of people and that's it's simple economics so you're likely to see some 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 meat cuts uh become more affordable as a result that's that's the trick here and so I, I've never believed that uh, that major chains were out there to gouge consumers. Uh, this this whole notion of greedflation, I, I didn't believe it. And if you actually look at the financial statement of all the big three ones, Empire, Loblaws, and Metro, there's no evidence of greedflation really. Ratios have remained consistent over the last five years, which is why you're going to wonder where Jagmeet Singh is getting his data accusing grocers. But at the same time, grocers are very good at setting prices based on what they know the market can bear. Mm -hmm. So a $20 T-bone was affordable for a lot of people, but that, that, that segment has shrunk as a result of higher interest rates, for sure. And the other thing that uh, will help, I think, higher rates are supporting our dollar. I mean, we do import a lot of food from elsewhere. If we if we wouldn't have seen the Bank of Canada increase uh, its rate by by a hundred percentage points, it would have been it would have been really tough for the Canadian dollar. And I suspect that some parts of the grocery store would have become more expensive over time because the Fed is also actually thinking of increasing uh, its rate by by a full point as well. Well, they're getting squeezed, right? The euro is up against the U.S. dollar. Canadian dollar is doing yeah. okay against it. And so they're getting squeezed too. So they're going to be forced to protect their international trade as things roll around. What about the stinky- as, a, as the Bank of Canada, you absolutely want to make sure that the dollar, our dollar, remains a non-story for as long as possible. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes the lead story everywhere, right? Oh, that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, because when everybody's trying to buy stuff, import things, whether it's cars, do you to remember the cauliflower crisis a few years ago? Uh huh. Uh huh. The dollar. That was the dollar. The dollar actually just dropped ten cents in a few weeks, and so importers 
basically thought, you know what, selling a cauliflower head at nine bucks, no problem. Well, it, it became a problem. It became a headliner, and everyone walked away from the category, and they spoiled tons of cauliflower. Mm. And, well, they dumped cauliflower at 99 cents a week later, but nobody talked about it. Yeah. Well, and, but that's the case, right? I mean, there's two things grocery stores do. It's about to be a nice weekend to watch the weather, right? So you put a cut of beef or whatever on special, brings everyone in the store. They buy everything around the beef counter. They get their cheap cuts off. They go. Alternative yeah. being, of course, is that then you don't drop your price of beef on a nice weekend for the really nice steaks and the people who can afford it. They're going to come into your store and they're going to spend a premium dollar because it's barbecue time. The buddies are coming over, right? So it goes Absolutely. both ways. Right. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So, and so I, I'm pretty confident that uh, that the uh, second part of the year will be kinder to consumers on a tight budget than the first first half for sure. Uh, I think so. And 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 people are asking me, well, food, will food prices drop? I don't think so. I mean, we're likely going to see food inflation drop. So. Prices are going to continue to rise, but not at the same pace. So at least we're going to give some breathing room to some people so they can budget appropriately. And, and the other thing that uh, you want to keep in mind, I don't know if you saw, I mean, there was a huge, uh, there was a, ni a nice feature in Toronto Star of the weekend looking at discount stores versus regular stores. Shane, do you know what the difference is? Same products, same exact products. You go to discount stores, you buy, say, 15 items. You go to a normal store, you buy the same 50 items. How much do you think you can save? Oh, I don't know. I would guess that you could save maybe 25%, 15 25%. So it, it – it does fluctuate from one week to another, but you can save up anywhere between 30 to 52%. No. Really, yes. hey? And I'm talking about eggs and broccoli and, and milk and – I got to tell you, I mean, people, you know, they're, they're going to be trading down and they should because there's some really good deals out there. You can save quite a bit. And some people will poo-poo on certain uh, banners and certain stores. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you want to save money, maybe once in a while, just go to a different address. Well, isn't that an interesting look, right? Because back in the day, the this Canadian superstore used to never have good produce, right? It was always just always like end of life stuff. It was never a great <laughs> yeah. place to get produce, but you got such great prices everywhere else in the store. The That's beef right. was never the greatest, but it was cheap, right? Like all that stuff. Now they changed that around. They've got really great produce now. I think they found a pretty good balance. So you can get some pretty good meat there too. And, and they've done a good job of that. But we're starting to see that tiptoe into these different grocery stores. The irony, of course, behind the scenes is that they're all owned by the same companies. But even Freshco yeah. is a great example where Freshco, you will get really great produce, right? Yep. And no, that's absolutely. how they're marketing it. Yep. So Freshco, No Frills, uh, Western, uh, well, not the uh, great Canadian uh, store, but uh, I mean, Costco. Costco was a crappy food retailer 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. It really upped its game. Mm -hmm. and, and so has Walmart. I mean, a lot of people love to hate Walmart, but if you, I mean, the last time I went to Walmart, I was not alone. No, uh, apples alone. is the best example, I think, at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, they crush everybody for prices on things like apples, the basics. But here's the other thing, Shane. Uh, food sales at, at dollar stores up 18% since March. See, I believe that. I go there for um, – I go there all the time now. Um, I go there for drinks in particular. Yeah. Uh, you know, Canned we, goods. Well, canned goods, yeah. Things that are, you know, preservative there. You don't have to worry about the dates because that used to be the yeah. old stink on the dollar stores was, you know, got to watch those dates. But things like That's soup right. 
all of that stuff and yeah. chocolate bars. My God, if you want to buy treats so, for so people, so people are shifting their behavior, and 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 it's it was totally expected to to see that, and so that's why we're going to see grocers uh, going heavy uh, on on private labeling. For example, we're expecting way more products with mm-hmm. uh, with private labels like President's Choice, No Name, Compliments, yep. Kirkland, all these brands. They're going to become they're going to become more popular. So what are the stinky areas of the grocery store right now? What are the ones that are suspiciously high or, um, you know, prices that don't seem to be in alignment with all this stuff? Because you can't have alignment unless you have things out of alignment. So what are some of the, the things that we need to watch out for? If we go to our normal grocery store, don't assume that a dollar off this item is actually a good price compared to other places. Yeah. So uh, again, with grocers, we don't suspect greedflation, but it doesn't mean that greedflation doesn't exist either. Mm. And we have suspicions with beef. There are two class action lawsuits right now in Canada, one in Quebec, the other one in BC. Uh, the Stock Growers Association actually accused or asked the government to do to investigate as as the Americans uh, have recently uh, on beef. So I, I honestly, it's, it's some part of 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 new food beef prices can be explained, but there are, there is a part that it's hard to explain. Meat analogs, like plant-based products, they're way more expensive than expected because there's more competition. With more competition, you typically see prices drop. They haven't dropped. Uh, dairy alternatives as well. Meat milk prices have gone way up, 25% since January. Dairy alternatives as well. So we're at parity with soy milk, almond milk, and oat milk, but they're at parity still. So we're wondering what's going on there. But, well, I think it's more about protecting margins and and perhaps uh, seeing costs uh, to manufacture these products go up. But those are the things that, that I think it would be valuable to look into. So what about milk in general? I mean, it, it it used to be always the comparison to a price of gas. Remember all those conversations with, oh, That's you right. can milk is cheaper than gas, blah blah blah, or gas is cheaper than milk, and all those things. And and um, but so what's that world doing now? Because I know that going and spending six dollars on a lactose-free la- uh, type of milk for two liters, it just seems to go up and up and up slowly here. Um, yeah, what's going on there? Well, so we, we're concerned because the Canadian Dairy Commission, which is a crown corporation, employs about 85 people. Uh, its mandate is to work for the public, but uh, there's no transparency whatsoever. So they came in. So we got a, a record-breaking 8.4% in February. So we're, we're, we're absorbing it right now. So, so yogurt is up. Cheese is up. Fluid milk is up. Ice cream is up 17%, Shane. Hmm. Like you got parents not screaming for ice cream right now. They're screaming at ice cream. <laughs> but, the, but the other thing, I mean, you, you, got, you got the CDC giving bonuses to their executives and they're not disclosing to whom, why, and how much. So you can see that this Crown Corporation really needs a, a check. And we don't know where these numbers are coming from. And, and I think they owe – it owes an explanation to Canadians in terms of how they come up with the 2.5% or the 8.4% and why are they giving out bonuses and things like that. It's really kind of disturbing. Is that an underlying thing in Canada? 
you know, we've all heard about the wheat board and farmers wanting to be able to take their their products to market directly without having to get to a board and the board dictates the price and all of those kinds of things. Um, there are different products that are like that in Canada. Syrup, for oh, example, yeah. dairy in yep. Canada. You know, all of those things are heavily manipulated by these overarching umbrellas. Are most of the industries like that or is it free market for Canadians to compete? Are we still seeing this older mentality? Canada is obsessed with 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 marketing boards. Is it we only have Canada? Over, oh yeah, we have, we have over 120 marketing boards in Canada. The most uh, most powerful one, obviously, is dairy, uh, and it is the one that we hear most often. Uh, but there are marketing boards all over the place, and it's and the whole idea is to con is to contravail power, right? Farmers are price takers; they want to get the best price possible. But that in 1920, that was a valuable argument. Today, some farmers have PhDs. They're pretty darn smart. They know market conditions. They mm. know how to get good prices better than a weed board or a, a centralized sort of agent that will that will represent them. And so so there's there's a lot of tension within the farming community. Some of them rely will rely on on a marketing board while others just want to get out of it. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who's a farmer and he, he opened up a brewery, a small little brewery and oh, a little yeah. craft brewery. And so he, he started brewing beer. And as he learned more about beer, he's a very smart man. And he learned more and more about beer and the products and the quality of the products to go into his beer. So he started to tailor some of areas, small areas of what he was growing to a point where other breweries started coming to him to get products for their for their beers because he has become a bit of an expert and not only yeah. how to brew the beer, but on how to create the products for the beer. So he's like oversold for like three years and because he's become an expert in that product. So right. that's where one of those, those marketing boards really steps in the way of a guy like that. Who's, I mean, he's a big deal farmer anyway, just in general yeah. for all products, but he's found a little niche where he's an ex an expert in and he's able to market it appropriately uh, to me. I mean, I guess I'm a capitalist by nature, but the reality is, is why wouldn't you promote a guy like that? He's going to, he's going to conserve soil and teach sustainability and expand the market in that area. Like nobody else ever would. Why wouldn't you promote a guy like that? Exactly. And so, and so I think we're, we're, we're seeing uh, farmers looking at markets very differently, but it takes, it takes a long time, but we are, we are infatuated with marketing boards in Canada for sure. But uh, the, the problem is as once you learn that market boards can actually kill an industry, it's too late. And that's what I'm afraid of with dairy. I mean, we're losing a dairy farm a day in Canada right. with supply management. It's supposed to be saving them. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. All right. So uh, kinder in the future doesn't necessarily mean back to what it was, maybe a little bit more gentle come the fall. Is that at least some nugget of positivity we can look forward to? That's right. Yeah. So you're you're reading the situation uh, accurately, Shane. Uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be tough for a while. And and frankly, uh, I don't think, like, I don't think the industry will have any appetite. No pun to play around with with prices, given the turbulence, uh, given the uncertainty. And let's face it, I mean, grocers have been the last two years have been trying to to beat the market. I mean, you got. If you carry 20,000 products and you want to protect your margins and prices go like this, 
and the chain and logistically things are so uncertain, you want to really hitting the right mark uh, at the right time has been very tough, which is why you're seeing a lot of stop slash pause sales out there, similar to what we saw with Frulet and, and Loblaws. If you see an empty shelf at the grocery store, it's not because we're running out of food. It's because there's tension in the supply chain as a result of higher inflation. Oh, that's interesting because we do see yeah. that, right? And you see that yeah. I've seen an awful lot of that around even medicines and everything else because demand for cold medication would be a big one, right? Your Tylenol cold and sinus or something like that. You go to one store and they have an empty cupboard of, oh, of yeah. Tylenol cold and sinus as an example or whatever. Pick your pick your sinus, whatever. And then you go down to another competitor down the street. They've got a full cupboard of it all. So, yeah. right? Isn't that interesting? That's well, I, I heard that uh, some cases there's there's uh, they there's no uh, peanut butter, for example, but uh, there hasn't been any problems with peanuts at all. And we manufacture craft uh, peanut butter in Montreal, and huh. so uh, so supplies weren't an issue. So I, I of course we we don't know for sure, but my guess is that there's a stop sell between Kraft Heinz and and uh, and Loblaw. I went to yeah. uh, I went to Costco, and a guy walked in behind me, asked the guy, "You guys don't have any tequila." And the Costco guy in the liquor store said, yeah, there's uh, you know, a shortage of this or whatever, whatever. And then so I went to the, the liquor store, the independent liquor store that I go to. It's a, one of those really rotten, smelly ones, but they're local and privately owned, <laughs> so I like to support them. And, uh, and I asked the guy, I said, hey, is there a shortage of tequila right now? He goes, nope. I said, so I told him the story about the Costco. He goes, oh, Costco's probably just fighting with them over dollars and they won't carry it until they drop their price. So, you know, wow. there is that yeah. going on. What, one, oh, last, yeah. one last little spot here, Sylvain. Um, what what is the outlook forward with Ukraine not being able to get product out? That whole Africa, Europe breadbasket. If they can't get the product out of Ukraine, I mean, they're, it sounds like they're using trains come the end of the summer to get product out because they can't go through the the Black Sea because of mines and all that stuff yeah. and blockades. So yeah, exactly. If that if they don't get the food out, what is does that impact us down the road by Christmas time? Not really. I mean, it's uh, so the the deficit uh, generated by the um, by the conflict uh, is already baked into prices right now. So that's that's impacting us right now. But in terms of access, it's not going to impact us at all. We're 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 a rich country, but it's going to impact different countries. You're probably you've heard about Sri Lanka. Uh, Sri Lanka. I mean the the. What's going on with Ukraine is 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 the sig that broke the camel's back, really. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's there's been there was there was a lot of issues with Sri Lanka, but this one, and so we're expecting other countries to really go through a, a rough patch over the next several months, unfortunately. So when's the barbecue? When's my invite coming? Anytime, Shane. Yeah. Anytime. It's right. an open invite. Sweet. Yeah. Let's do it. I love it. Uh, that's great. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for spending the time. It's great to see you, Sylvain Charlebois, Dalhousie. Um, the insights I think are really helpful, especially the the switching store stuff. Right? Try different stores if you can. Yeah. Go to a different store. Uh, take a look at the items, and um, maybe start to use some of those apps like the Flip app, where you can look at multiple stores in one place if you have access to that stuff. That's helpful too. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. It is time for us to get into this little piece where we want your feedback. We want to know how these uh, stories sit with you. It's time for Are You Okay With? Are you okay? Are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with? 
877-399-9898. That is our phone number, and you can use that to please let us know if you are okay with... Menus, menus. Are you okay with menus? Not the digital ones. I, I thought like we were. That. I thought we were going to go back to the paper ones. I really miss that. I think, it, it's I I, it's we gross. Had everywhere, pretty much. Just yeah, an option, you know. I don't like that you sit down and immediately just take oh. out your phone and then you take it and you you scan the QR code well, and you take a it's look. Counter through. hospitality. Yeah. It's like here, sit down with people and get into a conversation, be social. But so what we're going to do is we're going to make you sit down. The first thing we're going to do is make you look at your phone. Yeah, it doesn't make and sense. That's the, it doesn't. Not it the, doesn't. That's the point. I, you can do a quick wipe down. Uh, one thing I have noticed though is that uh, I've noticed more people doing this is just asking for a paper menu, and a lot of people oh, places still it. have them. So I need to hold myself to that. I need to ask them uh, for that because yeah. I I despise the QR code uh, ones. It made a lot of sense during the height of the pandemic, but at this point. I like my nice leather bound. Like going to an Italian restaurant and not opening up a giant menu with a 15 items you can't pronounce. Like that's part of the experience. It's not the same doom scrolling a menu on your phone. It's just not the no, same. No, it's distracting on your phone. You get caught up in the same old, same old things. And even worse than that is the service. When you say, uh, hey, uh, uh, do you have a menu? And they basically tap the QR code on the table with their finger. Or they, or there's like the, you know, the little sandwich that. board thing that's on the table next to the salt yep. and pepper, and they basically they spin it around and slide it in front of you. Uh, there's your code. Ooh, it's just a, it's an invitation for worse service. Here's the thing. If you're a server, I will tell you, I appreciate your hard work. I absolutely appreciate it when you have conversation and you're friendly, when you can read the table and tell if it's a serious visit or a not serious visit. That's the magic, man. What you do is an art. Do your art. Don't point to the QR code. Work your art. I love it. Now, I like the big old menu. I like to touch the menu and reading the things and, you know, all those things. There's never an issue when the menu has too much stuff on it, though. Sometimes Ooh. it has, like, nothing, and you're like, ooh, there's three choices. But I almost appreciate that. It's like shopping online. You go to a store and you're like, choose a brand. And there's 30 some odd brands. I don't know. I just want socks. One restaurant wants to trim down in its menu for a very interesting reason. Subway. And the problem with Subway was there were too many choices. You could go in and have them design your sandwich any which way. That's cool from a customer service perspective, but it really slows down the line. And that's something Subway sees as a liability now. So the new menu is going to point you towards 12 sandwich variations that are predetermined and hopefully keep the pace moving within the stores. And that's an important thing. Last year, Subway closed about 1,000 U.S. locations. Wow. Wouldn't have think that that was the, wouldn't have thought that would be the real problem Subway was facing. I, you know what, Subway? I'm complaining because I have too much choice to make my sub be good. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. I, I, have I ever told you my Subway recipe? Cause it's a doozy. Oh, no. I, don't I think get, you ever have. I get the Italian BMT, which is like a cold cut, you know, Italian meats. With cheddar cheese, not the white cheese, because I think their white cheese is gross. And then I get lettuce, I get tomato, 
I get onion, mm-hmm. I get pickles, mm-hmm. I get olives, mm-hmm. and then I get sweet honey sauce, the sa- the sub sauce, light mayo, salt and pepper. Whole thing. It is a feast. I can make that thing last me for like two days. I'm worried that I'm going to go into Subway <laughs> and I'm going to present this mammoth and they're going to look at me like, not anymore. It's not the Do future. Do you want to know what's going through my head right now? I'm trying to guess, but my psychic powers aren't working. So go ahead. Tell me. First of all, I'm surprised there's no ketchup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. You got me there. Yeah. And second, I'm like, pick a flavor, man. You got five flavors of meat, I three know. different sauces. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. The whole, the whole wombo combo, I like to call it. Wow. Uh, that report was from KTLA, by the way. This uh, changes uh, is starting in the U.S., but it could launch worldwide. The new, more neatly organized menu is divided into four categories. Cheese steaks, Italianos, chicken, and clubs, consisting of three sandwiches each. Here's one example. Meatball marinara sandwich is now called The Boss. Oh, that's dumb. Hey, Subway boss. tells you, oh, give me, could I, could I have The Boss? I would hey, like to order The Boss. Hey, hey, where The Boss? Uh, Subway tells you you can order subs by their number or by their silly names. So basically, they're trying to become McDonald's. Interesting. Well, I, I can tell you this. I Every time I've gone to a Subway store recently, uh, standing in line has not been the problem. So I don't know what the hurry is. No, yeah, I... I get in and out pretty quick. I would say like the I I know that they addressed their ingredients last year, which was good because there were some ingredients that tasted great and some that did not. And there was the whole tuna thing. Is it tuna or is it not tuna? Not a tuna. Not a tuna. Uh, so I feel like they got bigger fish to fry. Pardon the the, the pun there. Oh, uh, <laughs> but, we're here all uh, week. This this simplified menu probably is going to suck in the meantime but if you're like a young person growing up with subway i bet the menu is actually probably going to be a smart choice for them uh down the line just oh spoilers these are the, would be yeah yeah these are like, the from a business perspective i would say that spoil it's going to save them spoilage and their products the amount of products they have to order is yeah. going to be drastically different but they've they've yeah. done so much with the fresh veggies and all the things and how in the world can they offer free guacamole when every other place charges five bucks for it like that's the that's the stuff that I don't understand, but I just don't understand how simplifying things when everybody wants things customized in today's world, that, um, that that's a solution, but Hey, maybe they're onto something that we can't see and stuff. I will acknowledge airport subway workers. They're the best ones. Do you know why? Because they will wrap your sandwich into two, six inch halves without you asking. Wow. That's because when you're on a plane, there's nothing worse than trying to have half a sandwich not roll off your lap. Mm. Very smart. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Do you want to know my sandwich? I do want to know your sandwich. I'm going to guess it's uh, not too heavy on the meat, not too heavy on the veggie. I'm going to guess you're like, you know, two cuts, two different veggies, and like one sauce. That's my guess. <sighs> Simple. Although, if it's not heavy, meat on the, heavy on the meat or heavy on the veggies, it sounds like a piece of bread but okay (laughs) i'm going i typically will go with my son has been working on this new one but uh, you know there's like a cold cut combo with lettuce green peppers uh, sub sauce or ranch depending on my mood lots of salt and pepper but the one that i truly love that i get all the time because i find it filling is the chicken bacon club ranch club thing lots of the chicken with the bacon and the cheese with the lettuce the cucumbers the green peppers and spinach oh 
ranch dressing. Lots of salt and pepper on my sandwiches. Love salt and pepper on my sandwiches. So there you go. That's the magic. It's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the price at Subway. Do you mean that's a text? Do you mean do you mean it's good or bad because the prices I have gone high. up? It's, it's expensive. A foot long is a foot long is like thirteen dollars for a foot. Well, for I used to complain now. about A and W because three me and my two kids at A and W was like approaching fifty or fifty five bucks 50 in the drive Yeah, yeah. And now Subway, if you get combos, you're at fifty bucks. Yeah. Steak and cheese with the entire garden stuffed in the bun. That's yeah. I've seen the steak and cheese. Mm-hmm. I like the. Uh, I wish you could get the Quiznos the way they do it, like their ingredients. I wish I could more places do it that way. I love Quiznos, mm-hmm. and I'm sad there's only like Quiznos in a three time. left in the entire country. I yeah, miss it. Many of them. Do you know what <laughs> no. actually was really really popular years ago when I drove skip the dishes between jobs? Mister Sub. Mister Sub. It's just, there's only a couple in Calgary, but I imagine like I've never had it. I've never actually had it. You have to have it. It's fresh. It's good. Like you talk about like it always made me think of like picnic sandwiches. You know, like a good picnic sandwich that's light and fresh and lots of veggies and flavor and all that Mm. stuff. That's what sub. That's what Mr. Sub was. Picnic sandwich. And I was shocked. It was probably uh, in Airdrie when I did that. Probably the busiest spot that I went to the most times per day was Mr. Sub. I never I never would have guessed that. I know of two in Calgary. I'm probably within delivery range of one of them. I don't even know uh, if it's still open here. How yeah. would I say that? There's one on 16th and there's one on McLeod, so kind of like in the south of the city. They're kind of out of the way, but they see, they're on those roads that the, the truckers would be on, which is probably pretty smart. I imagine if you're a trucker and you've driven through Calgary, you're probably stopping at Mr. Sub. There are three locations in Calgary. There's one in the southwest, there's one in the east, and then there's the one in Airdrie. This makes me curious, though. I mean, look at Toronto and Vancouver because I want to see... How popular is Mr. Sub these days? It, it was without a doubt. It was the okay Vancouver and search this area. One. Where is it? It's right downtown. Nice. Yeah. Well, not even downtown. It's over by um, BK's old place. Oh. On East East Broadway. Yeah. So um, and then I'm gonna look at Toronto. I mean, heck, it's got to be a Cause lot because it's from Toronto. It's from Yorkville. So there's got to be a bunch of them still in Toronto. You think so? Okay, we're we going to bet here. Or are we going to higher or lower? What's your number? Higher, higher or lower? Higher. Higher or lower than which number? 10 or are you going with like more of a 5 or 7? I'm going to say there's 15 in the greater Toronto area. Greater Toronto. We're going big on the greater Toronto. Okay, search. Holy moly, look at that. 15 greater Toronto. Are we going to throw Barry in that? Can we include Barry? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could go Barry. And we're going as far as the schwa, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, there you go. Nothing in the hammer, nothing in St. Kitts. Everything's right in Toronto. Who knew? I didn't know. Smart. Look at that. Canadian classic. Who knew? You tuned into the shift thinking you were going to get insightful conversation. And nay, nay, my friends. <laughs> You just learn how many subjoints there are. <laughs> <laughs> this is the standard we go for. Are you okay with reality TV? Uh, reluctantly. Like, I know it's terrible, but I find entertainment in it. One thing I've come to really catch, though, is I now understand how much 
work producers put in to make the show happen like it's not as candid as as you think it would be like a lot of contestants on these shows are told to say one thing or they're put in a certain sick uh, situation because the producers know they're going to get a reaction so it's very much engineered and the reality of the situation is getting more and more ridiculous yeah. but at the same time it's garbage was so entertaining it's so like these it's so funny it's so bad there was a episode of love island i remember which is the show where uh you know all the very attractive people are at a resort together and they all you know just have sex basically and uh they were talking about brexit <laughs> this girl goes are you worried about brexit and she goes goes is that gonna affect all trees <laughs> like nice. they just pick they pick some questionable people because they know it's going to be entertaining television right well yeah they don't put the best people on the show who could win they put the best people on the show that can entertain I mean, that's the yes. thing that we often lose the concepts get absurd one of those shows is love is blind it's on netflix yeah i haven't found someone that appreciates my love as much as i appreciate theirs that's why i'm here i'm like really really scared you guys think you're compatible? That is comical. I'm not feeling the animalistic attraction I want to feel. I think I'm at a breaking point. I'm not f***ing around. Welcome to Love is Blind. Woo! 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 Love is Blind contestants, 15 men and 15 women, each play out their own isolation room and are paired with contestants in other rooms. Through a series of conversations, they figure out if they have a connection with another player, and in some cases, they get engaged and even married to another player without having even laid eyes on them. It's pretty wild. We actually did that as a radio contest like 15 years ago where oh, we really? we did like, yeah, and they could only have conversations on the phone um, and like over the radio and stuff. They never did get married, though. They walked down the aisle and they... They didn't get married, and like the ex boyfriend put up a billboard saying, Don't marry him. It was amazing. Holy, that's <laughs> yeah. like exactly what happens on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's so good. Wow, it's probably the same go. guys who created it, but it's wild. Uh, one contest is alleging, um, sorry, contestant. one contestant is alleging that love is not blind, it's in fact evil. Evil season two contestant Jeremy Hartwell is suing Netflix and production company Kinetic Content, claiming that he and other contestants were forced to work 20 hour days. They were denied adequate water and food while being fed with alcohol. He also claims cast members were not paid a fair wage. In an interview with CNN, Hartwell said cast members were basically locked in a room for 24 hours straight when they arrived on set. Snacks and water were only doled out after hours of waiting. However, he said alcohol was always available. Producers encouraged contestants to drink on an empty stomach. Hartwell is seeking unpaid damage, uh, wages plus compensation for working overtime and missing meal breaks. <laughs> two periods and periods to rest. He's also seeking class action status on behalf of the show's participants. Kinetic Content responded to the lawsuit, telling Variety that there's absolutely no merit to the allegations. Mr. Hartwell's involvement in season two of Love and Blind lasted less than a week. Unfortunately for Mr. Hartwell, his journey ended early after he failed to develop a significant contestant, his significant connection with any other participant. <laughs> just threw some shade at him in a lawsuit. <laughs> That's just so... I, I've watched the show. I so I, I I don't he's in like one scene in the entire show because they cut the cast down after the first episode. They basically find the people that fall in love and that's who you watch for the the other eight episodes. 
Um, but I will say from watching this, I do think he's probably onto something because everybody on this show is wasted 24 seven. There are po- parts where people are clearly slurring their words and are drinking a lot and the cameras are always rolling. So if he alleged that they were basically fed endless alcohol, uh, I, I would not, I would not be surprised. Um, but you know, to the extent of the allegations, I, you know, obviously can't speak to that, but, um, yeah, reality TV show, there's some sketchy stuff that happens in the background on these shows. That's man. what they like, do. They feed you, they time the food. They want you to get yeah. a little bit buzzed. They want you to get silly. They, of course they do. You knew what you were in for. You lost. God. Not surprised. No. Although, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. Okay. We got to do one more, right? Which one do you want to do? Uh, let me, let me see here. The, uh, ooh, uh mm, that one's not, uh, uh, that one might be a little bit of a sad note. Oh, perfect. Do the, uh, do the free time one. That one's excellent. Free time. Are you okay with this one might come as a surprise, but it's, are you okay with free time? Oh, Yes, free time is great. I need to get better at planning how, like, how I spend my free time, just other than playing video games, going to the gym. I need to get better at planning my spontaneity. Yeah, making the most out of it. Maybe not planning is the right word. Most out of it. No, plan it, man. Seriously, plan it all. Okay, sure. No, seriously, you have. If you have no place to go, you won't go any place. Yeah. So you gotta have a place to go. Plan your time. Just yesterday, 1,440 minutes in a day. <laughs> Didn't you hear that? I thought you were inspired. I was inspired. I was. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, that's fine. Check the podcast. If you don't know what we're talking yeah. about from yesterday, you'll be able to hear it. Okay, how do you spend your free time? We can almost guarantee you send your free, spend your, there's a typo, spend your free time differently than the gentleman in this story. That's because they went on a quest to break an absolutely bizarre and amazing world record. This is David Rush. I'm here with Russell Phillips going after the Guinness World Records title. For the furthest distance to throw and catch a hot dog, this is a record I did with Jake Smith four years ago. Throw and catch a hot dog. The important thing to note about this challenge is you don't just catch the wiener in your hand. You have to catch it with a bun. David Rush, who has broken nearly 250 Guinness World Records to promote STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, originally held the record in 2019. The record was broken twice in the meantime, so Rush brought some friends to break it once again, and they broke the record by 10 feet, the grand total of 167 (laughs) feet, 5 inches. In case you're wondering what it sounds like to throw a wiener like that, this is what it sounds like. Nice. Come on. Come on. 167 feet, 5 inches. He converted that 167 feet to yards. 56 yards. It's half a half a lob wedge. This is okay, so this is for I'm a golfer, so that's how I always know distance. Okay. 80 yards is really a 60 degree wedge. Roughly 58 degree wedge. That's quite far. 
it's the throw-ini. a far throw. And I got to say, the video is excellent because you can just see it flopping and flailing in the wind. It's just such a bizarre yep. image that uh, I just had to share. I um, You had me until the wiener story was flopping and flailing in the wind. And with that, we will set that free in your imagination. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.